I'm Carrie Siggins, CEO of Stone Age, and welcome back to Reflect Forward. I hope you are having a fantastic day today. Uh, today is an episode from a CEO, and, and I want to talk about quiet quitting. So when I first heard the term, I was like, well, this is ridiculous. What is quiet quitting? This is terrible for your career. Why would you ever do this? Um, but once I started to dig into it, I started to understand it a little bit more. So the term quiet quitting is a bit of a misnomer because it's not like people are walking away from their jobs. It's really what people, what, what people are doing, um, saying, Hey, I'm setting boundaries. I am going to renounce the hustle culture, meaning that I'm not going to go above and beyond what's in my job description. I'm not going to work extra hours to, uh, to get my job done. And it's becoming quite a trend, especially on TikTok. But it's definitely a, um, it's not a great term. It needs to go because it causes people to assume what it means and assume the worst rather than digging in and really trying to understand like, what exactly quiet quitting is and what companies can do about it. So first of all, quiet quitting is basically the same term for employee disengagement. That's it, right? People are disengaged. They've been disengaged for a long time. And this is just terminology that is trending now. The issue is, is that it's happening at this time where people are feeling so incredibly burned out. So we're just coming off the, the, the great resignation and so many people were leaving their jobs, um, like something like 4 million people quit their jobs every month in 2021 because they wanted more flexibility and they wanted to reevaluate how work was really fitting into their lives. And now we've got the, you know, end of remote work or hybrid work um, uh, environments where managers are questioning it and leaders are saying, hey, you need to get back into the office. And so now people are saying, that's it. Like, I'm frustrated. I want flexibility. I want purpose and meaning in my work. And I also want purpose and meaning outside of my work. So um, I'm going to work my 40 hours and then I'm going to go live the rest of my life out, um, out doing things that, that I love. So that's really kind of what's happening um, with quiet quitting right now. But the issue really comes down to is I think the the over-identification that so many of us have with work. And I ha have this way too, right? I'm sitting here recording my podcast on a on a Saturday afternoon. Um, I love to work, uh, but I, my, my work life and home life are so intertwined, right? I value work and I also um, define myself by my work. So is very entangled. And if you aren't in a job that leaves you feeling energized and motivated and part of a company uh, where you know that leadership cares about you, then it's an energy suck. And so people are saying like, I don't want that. I want more time and energy to invest someplace else because I am not getting my fulfillment at work. And so that's really what... <laughs> what we have to start to understand is, is why are people burned out? What are we doing as companies to create that burnout? What type of policies are we putting in place? And are we treating people like adults and, uh, and expecting them to get their job done? And, and also just being realistic about the fact that everybody wants a life outside of work. 
I do. You do. We all do. All right. So what does quiet quitting actually look like? Well, it's classic signs of disengagement or low motivation within the workplace. So that might be, you know, somebody who doesn't um, speak up in meetings anymore or who is who's running late to, for things when they were always on time or when there's more absenteeism, when there's limited communication or, you know, someone is only doing what's required of them. Um, it could be look like um, cynicism or apathy, right? Where people are saying like, oh, well, or just not showing up. Um, it also might show up in uh, in complaints from their employees, right? If someone is not doing their part um, to get the project done or, you know, the other team is putting in extra hours to get a project uh, across the finish line and someone else's no, I'm sorry, I worked my 40 hours, I'm out, then those colleagues might be feeling um, upset, like, hey, I can't rely on this person or I have to pick up this person's slack. So um, that's how it could show up in the workplace. So I think, you know, you could chalk all of this up to it about being about setting boundaries and setting boundaries at work is healthy. I think it's crazy that there are companies where managers expect their employees to work 60 hours a week to get their job done, that they aren't balancing the workload. I, it's unsustainable. It's not healthy. It's not reasonable. Uh, and so there, it's okay to say, I want to have more balance and I need to put some boundaries um, around this. So I'm going to say no. Um, but it's more than just boundary setting, right? It's also about the fact that people are burned out. They are, we have gone through so much with this pandemic and uh, and the pressure that is put on, on on people in terms of loneliness and isolation and changes and trying to figure out childcare and healthcare issues, right? It is just so much. And so it's, it's, that's why it's more than setting boundaries, right? People are actually just reassessing, like, what do I want from my life? Um, what are my life's priorities and how is the disconnection that I feel at work and maybe in life because of coming off the pandemic is playing into these decisions, these feelings of, of, of burnout. So what do you do as a leader to address this? Well, the number one thing is talk to your employees, like survey your employees to understand uh, how they're feeling, uh, look for input on um, engagement and on stress levels and on workload. Right? You, you can't address these issues if you don't have relationships with your employees and you don't give them an opportunity to talk about how they're feeling, right? You have to survey your employees. And that can be a survey that you put out that's anonymous that you can get a feel for it. But I much prefer the one-on-one -on -one conversations with everybody on my team, um, really uh, encouraging my managers to build those relationships and bring back that information so that we can, um, as an organization, address burnout, address uh, workloads that are too um, that are too much for people. And you know, how do we give people time off when they really need it? I just had one of my direct reports take a month off because uh, she had health issues and she was close to burning out. And, and so it was way better to say, hey, let me let me give you this month off and uh, and let's figure out how to get you healthy, because then that way, you know, you can be here happy and engaged for another 10 years of your career rather than feeling like you have to quit, um, you know, to be able to get that break. And you can only 
understand that when you have dialogue with your employees. So understand what's going on within your um, organization. I think that another way to understand it is that you need to have a very good exit interview process when um, somebody is leaving the company so that you understand what drives them to leave and you can dig into the this idea of, of disengagement in the workplace and burnout. Uh, and, um, and I think you as leaders need to take a look at uh, the workload that you are expecting your employees to be able to manage. We just did this. Uh, two weeks ago um, at my executive management team, we said, hey, we've got too many things that are going on. We've got team members who are burning out. And so how do we how do we make better decisions so that way we don't have too many projects going on at the same time? And so we decided to stop three or four different things that we had going on, although they were very important. But the fact is, is that you can't do it all. And employees have too much on their plate are going to burn out or they're going to do the work mediocre because they are just trying to get things done rather than do it well. And so you're better off being more realistic about the number of initiatives that you're taking on and managing workload than you are assuming that people can just, um, I don't know, grind through it. So those are some of the things that you can, um, that you can do, uh, to start to understand right now, if you have it in your workplace and what you can do about it. So it's really important to try to build an organization where people don't want to leave and where people don't want to quiet quit, right? You need to build an organization that absolutely encourages and supports taking breaks during the day, people taking um, vacation and paid time off. Um, people should be not expected to um, respond to emails when they're not working. Um, you know, managers need to understand that when they send emails after hours, it's telling their employees that they need to do that, which makes people feel like, oh, I have to, uh, work, uh, work outside of, of my normal hours. And so, you know, you've got to really be conscious of those types of things and, and making sure that, that you are fostering a, uh, a workplace where it is. Um, it is uh, safe to take time off. It's safe to take breaks. It's safe to say, I'm feeling burned out, right? It's, it is about that psychological safety where people feel comfortable asking for help without fear of retribution. And if someone comes in and says, oh man, I've got too much um, on my plate. I need help. And you say, well, too bad. You know, that's what needs to get done. Then you are going to have people who are quiet, qui going to quiet quit, right? You're going to have people who burn out. Um, it's really important that you address this. Uh, I just, I just actually did this with another one of my employees, uh, who was completely overwhelmed. Uh, she very much struggles, um, uh, with the, the problem that I have too, where, um, so much of my self-worth is tied into work. Um, she is much harder on herself, uh, than I am when she doesn't get things done and she has, puts this immense pressure on herself to, um, to always meet the needs of the team, even if it means that she's killing herself. And so we talked through the work, her workload and we split her role and we said, all right, we've got to make sure that you have a reasonable job where you can set boundaries. And, 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 you know, what, I would have, I would have, you know, burned her out. I would have lost her, right? She probably at some point said, that's it. I can't take it anymore. I got to go find another job. Um, if I wouldn't have 
have approached that with her and really sat down and understood what the problem was and, uh, and helped her, um, and helped her be able to reprioritize her work and shift her work, um, duties around. So that's really important that, you know, it's not easy to do that, but, uh, but as a leader, you've got to understand your teammates, you've got to understand their workloads and you need to be able to help them when they need um, when they're tapping out, right? When they're saying, I've got too much and this isn't healthy. Um, that's what psychological safety is right there, is to be able to have those kinds of conversations and actually take action. Uh, that is how you create a culture where people like want to work. So those are kind of my tips on uh, this whole idea of quiet quitting. Um, I personally don't feel that quiet quitting is... Um, is good for people's careers. Um, I think it's a, a, a word that probably isn't going to serve you well. Um, I think that if you are a quiet quitter, it's probably better to talk to your boss and, uh, and try to work out an arrangement that is more reasonable so that you can show up as your full self. Um, there's so much purpose and meaning that comes from working and doing a good job. And I'm really concerned that this trend is going to um, hold people back, that it's going to actually be a reason why they stay in jobs that aren't the best fit for them and uh, instead, you know, leave and go find a better fit where they can find purpose and fulfillment in their work. Um, I know this was me uh, back when my life was a complete mess. Part of it was because I was in a job that I didn't like. I was in a job where I didn't feel appreciated. It was a culture that was a mismatch. And I definitely found myself slacking. And I felt bad about myself. I didn't want to be a slacker. I want to do a good job. Uh, and uh, and I wanted to feel good about my work. And I, I finally get, got enough courage to tell my boss that I wasn't happy and he supported me leaving and, and actually helped me with the, a mindful transition. And that's what helped get me back to Colorado where I found Stone Age, which was such a great fit. It was such a cult. The culture was suited to me and the role was was in alignment with my skills and my talents. And I was so energized by the impact that I was making and the work that I was doing that that I didn't feel frustrated and I didn't feel burned out. And, uh, and so by quiet quitting, I don't know, you just, you don't give yourself the opportunity to really work through what's going on, really work through the burnout, you know, help be a voice within your organization to drive change. Um, or, you know, you're letting yourself off the hook and, uh, and saying that, you know, I'm just going to do these things and I'm not going to speak up and I'm going to go find fulfillment and meaning someplace else. Um, you know, so it's, it's letting yourself off the hook. It's, it's, it's not finding the courage to have those conversations or finding the courage to leave the organization that isn't fulfilling to you. That isn't a great fit. And, uh, and go finding something that will, I don't know, fill, fill your bucket, right. To, to, to make you, um, feel inspired by the work that you're doing. When you find that job, it's life-changing. I know I've been doing mine for 16 years and, Oh my gosh, <laughs> you know, I've never been happier in my life and so filled with, with, with purpose. And I never felt that way in, in a job before and, uh, before I, I found the right fit for me and, uh, and I can't even imagine accepting something less than that. So 
I think quiet quitting, the word needs to go. And I think that we all just need to be courageous in the conversations that we're having and how we're advocating for ourselves and how we look at work in our lives and try to do our best to find companies that fit um, our style and that appreciate us and uh, and be in roles that really utilize our skills and our talents so that we can feel more fulfilled every day. Okay, so that's it on quiet quitting. Hopefully that helped explain a little bit what it is and what you can do about it and how to recognize it. So now for my question of the week, it comes from um, a person who uh, was in the audience while I was giving a keynote speech a couple weeks ago on, on self-leadership. And she said, Carrie, how did you overcome your self-confidence issues? So I had all kinds of self-confidence issues. My self-confidence issues manifested itself in me always trying to um, portray myself as more successful than I really was, um, portray myself in a certain light because I thought that that was going to be the only way people liked me. I, I didn't think that they, that they actually liked the real me. Um, even though I didn't understand who the real me was, uh, I was really scared of failing, um, of looking bad and it gave me all kinds of comp uh, confidence issues, uh, body image issues. I was always felt like I was fat and always, worried about how I looked and, uh, and it led, led me down a pretty negative path to some destructive behaviors. And it was really when I hit rock bottom, when I said, I have to fix this, right? I can't live my life this way, constantly worried about what other people think and, and really not trusting myself and, um, and, um, not, not understanding who I am. And so what I did is I got outside my comfort zone. And that's my answer to this question is you've got to get outside your comfort zone. The only way that you build self-confidence is when you do things that scare you, when you fear that failure and you lean into it. So for me, it was quitting my job when I was broke and had no job and moved back to Colorado. And it was the best decision that I ever made because I realized that I can get through hard things. And I can figure out a way to take care of myself. And I can figure out a way to be authentic. And if I wouldn't have taken that leap, um, then I wouldn't have trusted myself to be able to figure out um, adversity, figure out how to get through whatever life threw at me. So my, my answer is simply do things that get you outside of your comfort zone. Because when you get outside your comfort zone, you grow your competency zone. You get better at things. And uh, if you're afraid of failure, afraid of looking bad, afraid of whatever you're afraid of, and it makes you not take risks, and it makes you not put yourself out there, then you are always going to have self-confidence issues because you're not going to ever prove to yourself that you can actually do uh, what you put your heart out there to do, put your mind out there to do. And, uh, and, and you've got to, you've got to learn how to trust yourself and you do that by taking a little bit of a risk. So it doesn't have to be pick up your life and move to another state. Although sometimes that's what it re requires and that's not a bad thing, but it doesn't have to be as scary as that, right? It can be as simple as applying for a job that you feel like you're not qualified for. It could be as simple as, stating your opinion on how you feel about a project at work when you're afraid that your colleagues are going to laugh at you. Uh, it could be as simple as saying no uh, to something uh, when you really don't want to do it instead of saying yes because you feel obligated. 
that is how you start to build confidence is you do things that make you feel uncomfortable. And the more you do it and the better you get at it, the more self-confidence you gain. Okay. So with that, I will leave you for this week. I look forward to hosting you next week. I have another fun interview. So please be sure to tune in. And if you like this podcast, please write a review, subscribe to it. You're on YouTube watching it. Thank you. Uh, please subscribe to be able to get the next episode uh, notification and share it with a friend, write a review, rate it. All of those things help with the algorithms and I greatly appreciate it. Thank you so much. Have a fantastic week. Bye-bye.